Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Shalom, Chevra. It's a delight to be here with Rabbi Akiva Gersh, who is an educator, writer, and musician. He teaches Jewish history at the Alexander Musk High School in Israel program and published the book Becoming Israeli, a collection of essays about the experience of making Aliyah and the journey of acclimating to life in Israel. Rabbi Akiva, thanks for taking time to talk. My pleasure. Really great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So um, to start at the beginning, what inspired you to make Aliyah? So I'll take a very long story and make it very short, but I grew up in New York um, knowing I was Jewish, but not with a very deep connection to my Jewish identity or, my, or the Jewish tradition. I had no connection whatsoever to Israel whatsoever growing up. I uh, get older, high school, college, in college, go on a spiritual journey that lasts a few years, looking here, looking there, reading books, meeting people, traveling to different places. And that journey resulted in my coming uh, back or forward, as I like to say, uh, to my Jewish identity, my Jewish tradition, our Jewish tradition. Um, and embedded in that was a connection to Israel. After college, worked for a year and came to Israel uh, after working that one year and collecting money. I'll just say as a quick side note, because it's actually important to the story, that I, uh, before coming to Israel on that journey, I went to West Africa for two months. Uh, as you said, I'm a, I'm a musician, I'm a drummer, and I studied West African drumming in college. And I really wanted to go to the place where this music came from. So I went to West Africa, was blown away, made amazing people, great teachers, and was documenting everything. I love to write, so I was like writing in my journal two, three, four times a day, taking many, many rolls of film back in the day when we used to take rolls of film, 13 rolls of film, three journals filled with these moments and these memories. From there, I go to Israel. Never been to Israel in my life. I'm 22 years old now. And something hits me. And I noticed like two or three weeks into my trip, and I was just going there to travel, maybe going to Kibbutz, learn a little bit of Hebrew. That was like my, my, my goals before going there. But a couple of weeks into my trip, I realized, wait, I'm not writing in my journal anymore. I'm not taking pictures anymore. Like, why not? What happened? Like, this is also a new place. This is also a new culture. This is a new experience. I've never been here before. I would, I would think that I'd want to document this as well. And then it hit me. I realized I feel a sense of place and a sense of home here in Israel that I never felt anywhere in the world before, even in New York, where I grew up. And when I'm at home you know, back in New York, I don't write in my journal, I don't take pictures because it's home, I know this place. And that's how I felt right away when I went to Israel. So that really opened up a whole kind of, you know, next step, next chapter of the journey, connecting to Israel, really feeling uh, at home in Israel. And within days, really realizing that I wanted to make Israel my home. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's a very inspiring story. So then what inspired you to write a book about the experience? So that's the next step. Uh, after going to Israel for the first time, I came, I, uh, uh, eventually I found and fell in love with Sfat. I spent about six months in yeshiva there, my first time ever learning in, in yeshiva. After that, came back to New York, newly you know, uh, connected to the Jewish tradition. I spent 
five years learning in different yeshivas in New York at the same time working in Jewish education. But I always knew like I wanted to get back to Israel. So anytime I had money, anytime I had time, I got back to Israel for, for a couple of weeks, for a Pesach, for a month, for six weeks, whatever it was. And every time I came back to Israel, I, I knew I wanted to make Aliyah. Um, but didn't have a plan. Eventually, I had a plan in the form of my wife. We met, we started dating, we realized we wanted to get married. She was all set on making Aliyah. And the last kind of hurdle or question she had for me was like, are we going to make Aliyah together? Or are we going to split you know, paths here? I'm going to make Aliyah and, and we'll say goodbye. So I said, yes, let's do it. Let's get married. Let's make Aliyah together. We finished our master's degrees in, in New York City. Uh, a year after that, we, we got married, finished our master's degree, and then we came to Israel. And when I came to Israel, and this is really you know answering your, your question, when I came to Israel, I realized that never before, in all my times having visited Israel, and as deeply as I connected to Israel and was inspired by Jerusalem and Sfat and, 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 and the times I had there, I realized, and it's a kind of a funny thing to say, that I never really experienced Israel as Israel. And uh, until I made Aliyah, you know, living there, paying bills, driving on the roads, standing in the lines, going food shopping and all these different, you know, everyday kind of real life uh, activities. And only upon making Aliyah did I realize, wait, there's something really happening here. There's something very unique happening here. Um, I thought I coined the phrase. Uh, I, I certainly realized after that I did not coin this phrase, but I thought I did at the time. These only in Israel moments. Uh, these things that only happen in, 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 in Israel. Uh, because it's the Jewish people returning to their Jewish homeland and creating a Jewish state and a Jewish culture together. Um, and I was just, my eyes were opening wide to all these incredible and inspiring only in Israel moments. I mean, there's so many of them. I'll just like, you know, throw out a couple, like you go, you know, to a store, to a mall, and the security guard, you know, is there with his table and he's got like a book of Psalms on the table and like a book of like Jewish mysticism, you know, learning in between checking people. We're like, you're on like the, the supermarket line and this woman behind you like, oh my God, I forgot toilet paper. And she hands you her baby. You don't know her. She's just like, I'll be right back. Hold my baby. And it's just like these things that happen, you know, again, only in, in Israel. So I started to write about these moments and this whole experience of making Aliyah. I started to blog on the Times of Israel. And then I started to notice that other Olim immigrants are also blogging about their experience of Aliyah. And I started to read them and be inspired. I'm like, we have like this incredible story, right? And I'm like, someone's got to collect these stories and tell this unique story of the Jewish people coming home. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure somebody did this already. It's not such like a, a unique idea. I'm sure somebody already put out a book, the story of Aliyah, or the stories of Aliyah. I literally spent two months combing the internet, Amazon specifically, looking for that book that I thought was already written. It wasn't. And I said, you know what? If nobody did it yet, why not me. Mm -hmm. So I went on a two-year journey. I, I did not expect it to take two years, but it did. Reading blogs, uh, asking permission from these uh, bloggers to use their blogs, and just collecting these stories, these essays, these blogs, editing them, hiring a staff to help me put out the book together from the graphic design to the typesetter and everything else. And in the end, after two years, I had this book, Becoming Israeli. Right? Uh, the byline is the hysterical, inspiring, and challenging sides of making Aliyah. And I really felt, I felt first of all, I felt really blessed to put this book out. Because I really do believe it's like the story of the Jewish people returning home. And it's a human story also, even beyond the Jewish people. It's an incredible human story. Um, but just really to share these stories with the world, specifically, again, the Jewish world, but even beyond. Um, that is telling of uh, the story of, 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 uh, of a very unique chapter of the Jewish people. Yeah. Fascinating. So, so why the title? Why the title Becoming Israeli? So I, I sat and thought about that a long time, talked with my wife. We had all these different ideas, what should we call it? And then it, it just hit me, you know, Becoming Israeli. Um, and it's, it's very 
much bekavana on purpose that I, I, I call the becoming Israeli because becoming is talking about this process that is still happening. You know, I've been here for 16 years, living here for 16 years. And I can probably say as much as I've, I've learned a lot of Hebrew and I've learned the customs and the, the ins and the outs of, of Israeli society to, to some, I think, great extent. But there's still this feeling for Olim, for immigrants like me, no matter how long you've been here, that you always feel like you're still becoming Israeli. Like my kids, we have four kids, thank God. They're all born in Israel. They're like fully Israeli. They grew up with the Hebrew language. They grew up with the culture. They grew up, you know, my 13-year-old, like, you know, takes the bus. I took the bus to the mall when I was 13. He takes the bus to the beach or it's like the, the, the natural springs and they make coffee together. It's like all these very Israeli things. And that's how they're growing up here. That wasn't my experience. And I feel really like, you know, this becoming Israeli idea, it, it's a process. It takes time, especially right after making Aliyah. And, and it continues even afterwards. You know, there's days that I feel so Israeli. My Hebrew is so amazing. I can say anything in the world. And then there's days, seriously, 16 years later, I still feel like I don't get Israeli culture. I don't get Israelis. And my Hebrew is like not working today. And so I feel like this idea of like a process, that it, it, it is a process. And I think when people realize that and understand that, they can probably embrace that process better, take a deep breath, you know, find more joy um, and celebration in the process and maybe not get as um, frustrated at times um, along so, the way. So perhaps my last question, you know, um, when American Jews are in Israel, they can have that home experience like you're talking about, like when I lived there for two years. Um, but the primary way that American Jews relate to Israel, for better or worse, is through a political sphere. That American Jews relate to Israel through the political discourse, even if it's a part of tefillot, a part of prayers, a part of yearning, a part of visiting. And I wonder, did Israel become more or less political to you? Has it become more or less political to you as you become Israeli? It's a really great question. That could be a whole other book, and who knows, maybe one day it will be. Um... But I will say this, you know, before I made Aliyah in 2004, I, I literally took a break from watching and reading the news for years, literally. Um, I just felt it was healthy, it was good for me, you know, it cleared my mind. And I came to Israel, I made Aliyah, and I felt like I couldn't do that anymore. There's so much happening every single day. It feels like the things that happen in, in, in Israel in one week would take maybe months, if not years, to happen in, in other places. If you're not, you know, you know, connected to the news, you're missing so much of the experience here. So the, the short answer, you know, to your question is yes. I feel like things have become more political in my life. My connection to Israel has become more political. I've, uh, in a way, no, no one's yelled at me and like forced me to make like a decision on how I think on certain, you know, uh, issues, but you do. And it's a kind of a natural thing here. And, and, and my, my, my opinions and my, my ideas have become kind of more solidified. But at the same time, and I do want to say this because I think it's important, especially, you know, for American jury, for me personally, it doesn't set up boundaries or blockages or walls between me and other people who have different opinions or, or me and, and, and Jews who live outside of Israel and have different ideas and understandings from their perspective. My opinions might have become more solidified and, 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 and more specific. But uh, I understand it's, you know, not just about my opinion and, and, and it's a bigger world out there. And I really want to still embrace that dialogue and that okay. discussion. Okay. Actually, I've got one more question. So, so uh, someone who wants to consider Aliyah, um, in addition to reading your book, um, what is one type of person that is a definite, amazing candidate for Aliyah? And what's one type of person that's definitely like someone that should put the brakes on? Um, now, in the former category, someone who should definitely make, definitely try to move forward, of course, there'll still be challenges. It's never easy. It's never obvious. But who is that person that you would say, you give them chizik, go get them, go make aliyah. And who's the person you'd really say, whoa, this is challenging. This is probably not for you. 
Okay, uh, great questions. I think for the first question, I would say um, a person, first of all, who has that really deep feeling when they come to Israel, they just feel they're at home. They yeah. feel like there's no other place in the world where they feel as much themselves. They really feel like on a deep personal and spiritual level. Right? Because once you feel that, all the other things, yes, there might be frustrations and there will be and there'll be challenges, but everything else becomes a little bit easier when you know that you're home. And this is, you know, re this sense of return. But in addition to that, I have to say, I feel, I don't know, I mean, I'm from New York and I feel like being a New Yorker has helped me in my Aliyah journey because like, you know, New Yorkers, there's different kinds of New Yorkers, of course. But, uh, you know, you have a little bit of a tough skin and you can like stand up for yourself a little bit more and you're not going to feel like you're being taken advantage of and, you know, you're not going to let everyone cut you in line or those typical things that people say about, you know, Israel. Um, but connected to that, I feel also it's like, you know what? Like you don't need as much as maybe you thought you did. You can get by with less. You can go with the flow more. You know, you can take the time. What some of, one of the things I love so much about Israel and Israelis are they, they take the time to like stop and have a coffee with a friend, visit their grandmother more, sit and have Friday night dinner, even if they're not quote unquote religious. Just like really enjoying those moments, those everyday moments uh, in life. And I feel like sometimes we miss those in our lives. And I feel Israelis have become really good at, at not missing those. And so it's kind of like going with the flow, not like like, you know, being so tied to having a certain number in your bank account and just really enjoying the other aspects of life a little bit more. Totally. And maybe to answer your second question really quickly is maybe the opposite of what I just said. If you really need like, you know, always $50,000 you know, in your bank account, so maybe Israel's not for you, right? Because it is going to be a little bit challenging, right? They, they, they make the joke like, how do you make a, you know, how do you make sure, you know, you have a million dollars in your bank account in Israel? You come with two million, right? <laughs> So, like, you know, it's not all about the money here. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about Israelis, that, that they really maintain this high level of, of joy and happiness in their lives, even if, even though all you the know, challenges. Not to oversimplify the economic factors, but um, being a little slightly more socialist helps. I mean, healthcare coverage, um, religious school coverage, uh, synagogue dues. I mean, there are aspects which are financially more helpful, even though there's financial challenges, which are very real. So, okay, Rabbi Kiva, thank you for this. Friends, uh, th to think about your spiritual journey of Aliyah. And of course, there's many ways, many different ways to do it, many different ways to think about it. And yet it's something every Jew in the 21st century should at least, uh, you know, consider on some deep level. Keep up your, all your great work. Thank you, you too. All the best.